Hello. Hi, Brad. Hey, how are you? Ooh, I'm sideways and let's see. Let me see if here, I can like match it. I was going to say I can fix it. Oh, you got it? I mean, I can um, talk to you here. sideways. Typically, our conversations end up going sideways anyway. So let's let's do that. Yeah, just just keep it all weird. It's fine. Got your so face on. I have, my, I have my setup on and I'm sorry, my your setup is so lovely and so well lit. Mine is actually this is the opera style. This is literally this framing right here exposes none of the trash that's all around me. So, uh, long time no see. Hi, friend. Likewise. You look good, bud. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's the lighting. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. I'm really excited to talk to you because you have been um, a dear friend of mine for a while and you continue to inspire me with all of the things that you're doing, your persistence and your commitment to what you're doing. So I really wanted to talk to you about all that stuff. You ready? Uh, well, friend, uh, you're doing this and you have a child, uh, which dear God, we're talking about doing that and that scares the hell out of me. So I think <laughs> don't do it on purpose and um, it turns out great. And then you're not uh, aware of how stressful and scary all these things are. Right, right. Uh, there, there's a degree of devil may care. We just have to let it go and, and do what we have to do, right? But... And then you end up with a who's a funny little guy and I, I love all the videos you guys it's so funny and like smart and like very methodical about so like it's so much fun watching him grow up well I, I appreciate that he gets all his good things from Maddie so that is definitely like he just like Maddie you know he's very methodical like that and, and very specific but um, before we get to what you're doing now I wanted to ask you about how your love for the arts began I know that you're doing a lot of um, voice acting stuff right now and, and acting things. But uh, when you were younger, when you first set out to just explore and discover, you know, like kids do, what was the thing that set you on this path to make stuff or to create or to be curious in that way? Um, you know, I, it's going to sound so cliche, but, you know, as a late 80s, early 90s kid, um, Disney movies, man. You grew up with uh, with some of the classics, right? You know, we had Aladdin and Little Mermaid and, and Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and a little later on Hercules. And so, you know, that kind of inspired um, this love of musical theater and just uh, art and performance. And, um, you know, I remember when I was little, my parents were taken to New York because we had family in Jersey. And um, I remember when I was, I think, second grade like seven like little little and my parents were really excited we were staying in a hotel right next to beauty and the beast and they were so excited to get tickets and it was sold out oh. so instead the um the who's tommy <laughs> that was freaking awesome uh it was like i already had this love of disney but now all of a sudden i had this newfound love of like rock and roll and um and musical theater and like I had such a cool, healthy dose of both, you know, every, everything in my house, you know, from I try like the temptation, Supremes, Rolling Stones, mm. uh, brothers, Patsy Klein. Um, so it sounds know, like there, there was a lineup of like the bravado that you need to go into musical theater, right? Like the big personalities of, of rock to kind of get you into that mode then. Um, you know, it's a good concert and it's like seeing a musical, you know, it's, it's a sh you're going for the show, you know, you want to go to like sing along and you get really hyped. So, um, they're, they're very similar. 
Um, and, and just that, that energy and that, um, you're not going to see anything like it. You know, uh, you go and you see a performance, you see something on stage and it's just, you're glued to your seat for a few hours and you're kind of taken to a new world. And I think it was the same with, you know, watching a Disney movie or a musical as a kid. Um, you just sit there and you're like, wow, like, you know, watching West Side Story, any of these things. Um, so could you tell that it was something that you could do when you were a kid or like, oh, that's really cool and that makes me feel really good. But is it something that like you you felt like you had to be on a stage or you felt that you had to be presenting? I think that's the beautiful thing about being a kid. I don't think you ever think, can I do this? I think you just think I want to do this mm. and I want to go to there. You know, <laughs> Right. <laughs> it, it's so nice to not have uh, those shitty voices in your head or people telling you, well, that's cute, but where's your business degree? You know, I think it's really, it's, it's before everyone's like, that's cute, but I don't want to have to cart your ass around for the rest of my life and pay your bill. So what do you really want to do? Yeah, there, there you go. Um, There's no um, preconceived notions. I think it's just a matter of like, I want to do it, so I'm going to do it. And you know, I, there's really awful videos of me at three singing, um, you know, somewhere out there for an American tale uh, that should be burned that I'm sure are on YouTube somewhere. Because, <laughs> Your parents uh, have that blackmail ready uh, for when oh. you start hitting additional notoriety. They'll be like, now's the time. Let's, let's bribe her real good. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> for the Christmas card every year, but yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, <laughs> When was your first production? Like, did you do like kid theater or, or were you involved in like choir or any of that stuff growing up? Yeah. So, um, the first show, um, I'll, I'll count this. I, I feel like this is, you know, we had to learn some lines and be on a, on a, well, that's stage, right. But, um, own it. Uh, we did, <laughs> we did Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, um, lucky. The Fiddler on the Roof with a bunch of second, third, fourth, and fifth graders. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Everybody grabbed like the sisters and all the, you know, the big parts. And I was just excited to be a part of it. So I believe I was laser wolf. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I would kill for that. <laughs> so. Right. And, and I, I remember my mom, uh, I got her apron from the kitchen and they got me like a beard and God, it was so much fun, you know? And again, you're a kid. I don't care. This yeah, is like a cool yeah. part. I'll just do it. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, sorry, there's birds background so you might hear chirping uh, oh no you're fine you're fine i'll just think it's your twitter blowing up again and you know like you're really good at social media doing all kinds of stuff online uh but i i do i do have to tell you this because i i just have to say i love fiddler on the roof it's one of my favorite musicals of all time and one of my first introductions to theater and i don't know if this is appropriation now so i apologize in advance but my audition to casper college was if i were a rich man that was like, that's my dream role. And now like the older I get, the more like, I wish I, <laughs> I could play that role, uh, because it's, it's just so such a beautiful <laughs> show. And I'm like, I don't know if I, if I'm supposed to be doing that, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think you're, a, there's a little more, more leeway in, in some areas. I, <laughs> as, as a Jewish girl, I, um, I all allow it. I think that's, you know, as long as I I'm have your permission, I'm very grateful for that. I, I don't think I'm going to be playing in any upcoming um, musicals or shows. I, that might be out of line for me, but I full permission to be anyone in Fiddler on the Roof. Hi, mate. All you. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for that blessing. Um, but uh, like, like start starting out, um, 
was your family musical at all or was your family in the theater or did you have that kind of model growing up from from family or parents so not um like my folks uh lawyer and a nurse very far removed my uh, my mom um, was in a show in high school that she very proudly uh, was like a co-lead in, as she still talks about, and that was like her crowning uh, performance achievement. Um, my dad is very uh, boisterous and lively, and um, you, you know, could my see him loudness. on stage, right? Like you oh, could 100%. see him on stage. Yeah. Okay. You know, now he, he his business, so he does real estate, and he he has way more followers online than I do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he does. Um, seminars online and he has just a presence about him that people want to talk to him they want to be his friend and I think my loudness and talkativeness comes definitely from him um, but performance stuff um, my grandfather actually wrote a radio copy for CBS which was cool and he did plays in high school and unfortunately his family was not as um, supportive so he kind of didn't do that um, you know, I'd love to get a hold of some of those scripts from CBS. I think that'd be the coolest, like most meta thing to like read some of his copy that he wrote. Oh, that'd be amazing. Comedy. That'd be great. Uh, knowing my grandma, I'm pretty sure she said she threw everything out. And I'm like, of course you did. There's got to be a um, record of that. CBS has got to have something on that. I think that definitely would be worth pursuing. So it's, it's funny oh. that now like you're coming full circle into that kind of profession. Uh, and, and we'll talk about your voice work a little bit more. Cause I'm super intrigued about that. But, um, going to school for this like i met you when we were at uw and we were doing acting and the plays and directing and all that stuff what was the the transition like going from you know um from where you were at to the academic or collegiate level yeah for sure um you know school was a little tough um i was still trying to figure out my sound and and kind of who i was in a performing sense, you know, I kind of looked like sidekick best friend, but my personality was always like wacky sidekick or villain. And so I don't think anyone really knew what to do with me. And so I was kind of always just like, well, just stick her here somewhere. <laughs> and, you no, know, same so here. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> and, and so you're just kind of like, ah, and it, it's frustrating. And, you know, if you're not kind of uh, one of a select few of people that, that work a lot um, or that were chosen for a lot of these shows. And, and I know you understand that feeling. It's like a, it's disheartening and it can get frustrating. And I mean, you knew me when I'm, I'm glad I'm not a cranky asshole anymore, but I, I have my moments for sure. Afterwards, but. <laughs> well, I, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's okay. Well, I was just going to say um, one of the reasons why I think we, we kind of, we, we bonded well in that time period because we were experiencing some similar things. I had just transitioned from Casper College to University of Wyoming for your institution. I felt like an outcast. I felt a little bit like I didn't know my place. And, you know, I, I definitely felt like I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what my role is. I, I can act. I can do this. But like, there's just no getting in. Like there was already kind of like a group that was kind of solidified, crystallized, and yeah. it, it was hard to be part of that, you know, that preferred group, right, of, of performers. And I, I think I'm curious of how you you were able to continue in spite of those feelings, because I, I think that there I mean, at least I, I can speak for myself that there were moments where I didn't feel like I I had what it took, like a, a lot of my time in in the last years of my, my educational training, it felt like I just, I, I don't think I have what it takes. I don't think I can do this. 
which I'm going to pause you. It's kind of crazy to hear you say that because you are one of the most talented writers I know and have won tons of awards and watching your stuff come to life on stage, um, you know, it's like Joelle's performance and, and all like the things that you've written and done in the past. Like it's, it's crazy to hear you say that because you come through so clear as who you are in your writing, mm. um, and family and your upbringing and uh, like, well, it, I, I, kind of uh, you were shifting gears you were acting you were writing but like man you're writing like I think a lot of us out there were like if I can be half as good at acting as you are at writing like I'll be fine but but that's a <laughs> but that's the thing I, I firmly believe that you are and I, I do appreciate uh, the the compliment on the writing because I've always felt like my writing has been like everything else I do is an extension of my writing I don't go out of my way to perform I don't go out of my way to direct I just want to tell the story that I started with and yeah. for me that's caused a lot of problems in my development because in some academic settings they tell you just be a writer you just got to focus on this you just got to do this but the older I get the more I realize I I can't stop this you know I I have to be myself I have to be more honest about who I am and it's taken me 10 years I've I've had to have a kid to realize that that's the lesson right you know and like I don't have to feel shitty about who I am anymore I don't have to you know, be in, in that situation where I just get put in boxes all the time. It's like, no, you should be an actor. Right. You should be this. No, I'm just going to do my thing. Right. And the successful yeah. people like Judd Apatow folks and Seth Rogen, they're doing everything. They're writing. They could, they, they didn't find stuff for themselves. So they said, F it, I'm going to write it myself. And now those are some of the most successful people because they write for themselves and their friends like you've done for years for us. And I feel like it's mm. funny that people kind of discouraged you from really expanding your horizons because I feel like so many people just kind of do all of it and yeah. it might be a little over but some of the best stuff out there is stuff that people write for themselves or their friends because it's like you know write what you know and that's what you know right um, right and so sorry it, you, you no, but that's that's perfect because we get to the point where we have to do what we can f with with what we have, and that's really starting to become my my main point is to to illustrate that you don't need to look for somebody's approval. You just have to do the best you can with what you have, and that's why I really I really enjoy what you've been doing now, where you you've taken social media, and I really admire this because I I still haven't figured how to crack TikTok. I still don't know how to do this online but you you do it very well across like all of the other platforms that that uh i'm curious how how difficult is it for you to figure out how to market yourself as a voice actor and we'll get to, to kind of like the bridge of of how you went from acting to voice acting uh eventually but <laughs> the marketing part how do you do this how do you do this <laughs> uh, your initial question i promise we'll go back to that one then um i you knew who I was getting into this. So I'm trying really hard to only be on three different. No, no, I, I love this. Let, let's just take it <laughs> wherever it goes. Um, no, you know, I, so going into that, right. You got to write your own stuff. You have to, you know, you have to be your biggest fan without being a narcissistic asshole. Um, <laughs> you know, can do that by believing that, you know, like you were saying, like, how do you know you're good or you should be doing this as a kid? I think that you have to have some level of understanding. Hey, can I compete? Can I do this? Like everyone that I see that I was essentially, if I start doing this, that I have to compete against, you know, do I have what it takes? If not, okay, but do I see myself maybe getting there? You know, I don't think you have to start out as Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep didn't start out as Meryl Streep. You know what I she mean? She got shut down a whole bunch of times. Sure. Yeah. 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 
not, you know, some of the best people are. And, and I like this. I joke because, you know, there's so many things I've been turned down for, rejected for. I booked it and then they gave it to somebody else. And, you know, you, you have to have a thick skin. It is really, really hard. But I think, um, you know, I, you have to believe in yourself enough, or at least you have to love what you do enough that, um, you're willing to put in the work. You know, um, the thing that I, I'm really loving about voiceover is I'm always in a class or I, I'm, I'm in a seminar or I'm, you know, following people who give tips or advice or I have mentors that I reach out to and I say, hey, I'm stuck on this thing. And, you know, I, I know people, you know, people like Dee Bradley Baker, who is literally the entire uh, Clone Wars. <laughs> right. That. He's amazing. Um, I took a, a class with him. God, I just, if you want to watch genius in a room, it's, you're <laughs> sitting there watching between Klaus and a stormtrooper, and you're just like, your brain explodes because you're like, I'm so close to greatness. Can I just touch you? Will it like rub off? <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, it's, you, you have to work, right? You have to do, you know, what are the people that you admire? What are they doing? And so much of this is just education. You know, you shouldn't be above wanting to learn and wanting to read about stuff. You know, I'll be on YouTube and, even just watching, you know, like a, a live reading of Family Guy, I was showing a friend of mine that today. Um, and it's just so much fun to watch people who love what they do, do it. You know, it's because if, if I'm not feeling that way, even on a day where I'm like, oh, God, OK, I got to find the energy to do this audition. Like at some point, if, if I when I get in and I lock in mode and I'm in that mode and I'm not like, all right, this is fun. You know, I, what am I doing? You know, it's, you've got to make it right. fun. you got to love. And if you're not where you want to be then that's great. There's classes for that. You know, I think people, I think confuse innate natural talent with like, Oh, well, you know, if you don't have that from the get go, you're not going to make it. And that's not true because you know, everybody has to work, you know, and I'm, I'm going to take classes for the rest of my life. And something that's incredibly satisfying, I'm sure you probably see this, whether it's being a dad or a writer or a director, but like, it's really fun when you learn something and then you get to share that with other people and then you see other people, the light bulb click, and then you see them get excited again because you were able to help them. Because I think that's something that's exciting about what we do is, you know, I have friends that offer me auditions um, if they can't do them and I folks work that way. And mm. it's so cool when you can, whether it's work, education, tips, you know, whatever the case may be, it, it's fun to be in a position where you can help people and pull them with you. Like some of these writers who weren't finding anything that they liked or actors that weren't finding anything they like and started doing their own work. You know, it's fun to bring everyone with you and help them. Like that's really satisfying. Yeah. So, uh, let, let me backtrack just a little bit so I can ask you this because I'm very curious. I met you as an actor and then it was like, I looked, uh, you know, like I, I kind of followed up with you a little bit later and you were, you were very deep into voice acting. And so how did you narrow that down or how did you decide to go, you know what? Like, this acting thing, I got to get more specific. I'm now going to do voice acting. How did that like light bulb? How did that epiphany kind of come about for you? It was tough. Um, musical theater was my entire identity, you know, from, from three years old on watching little mermaid and all these shows, like that was what, that was me, you know, and when you, I don't think it's healthy to identify yourself so strongly with something because when it doesn't work out, all of a sudden you're like, who, who am I? And, and oh my God. And, did I waste all of this time? You know, I, I moved to New York. I auditioned for musicals. I probably a couple hundred auditions within the first year that I was there. I mean, I oh, was like Lord. really, yeah. And, and a job and, you know, it, it was brutal. And, you know, uh, winter is not fun. It's, it's really hard to 
get cute and then go to an audition at five in the morning when it's <laughs> right in the New York cold. Exactly. Not, not Wyoming cold, but, but it is still um, not pleasant. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I just, I wasn't working and I was struggling and, you know, I was offered a show and I was told, Oh, well, you know, you're our fifth choice. And I was like, well, gee, thank you for that. Um, so don't lead with that. Come on guys. <laughs> no more inspiring words were ever spoken. <laughs> hit me that I thought, you know, it, um, I've been pounding the pavement. I've been doing this for years and, and nothing's happening. And, you know, am I doing the, am I in the right place? And I kept asking myself that. And I think I was so scared to admit maybe I needed to try something different because I didn't want to feel like a failure. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I was depressed and I was so just disappointed with myself. And I thought, man, like everything's tied into this musical theater thing. Like if I'm not doing musical theater, I failed. I failed everybody. You know, my parents helped me with my degree, I, my family, like all of it. And, um, you know, I, I reached, I went with a friend of mine, my friend Kate said, Hey, there's this, um, there's a free seminar this woman's teaching. And, um, you know, why don't, why don't you come with me and see if she's worth it? And, and she just was saying all the right things and she wasn't full of shit and she was awesome and she was cool to talk to. And so I started coaching with her and, and, you know, she took it back to the basics. Like you're going to read five plays a week. And, you know, what is it you really want to do? Like, you know, what, what do we want to focus on? If this is one thing isn't working for you, how do we tackle it another way? And it was just really refreshing talking to her, you know, things like, Oh, watch TV. What are people wearing that look like you? Cool. If you're going to go to an audition, you should be wearing stuff like that. Like get mm. that, take the idea that's already there and help them with that by imbuing it within your own looks and person. You know what I mean? It was just, so it was all the information. Yeah, kind of investigating or being more aware of like, what are the things that actually work, right? In terms of yeah. getting auditions and getting prepared, you know, to to essentially fit that model, right? Or that role. Um, so it was, um, in, in terms of voice acting then, um, what was the thing that did it for you where you said, this is it, this is the one thing? Um, that same person said, hey, <laughs> uh, thought about voice acting. And... All of a sudden, it was like, um, you ever see Ratatouille? <laughs> Again, I'm a child and like this. No, no, I love it. When, I love these references. Please go ahead. When critic is eating the Ratatouille at the oh, end. Oh, hell yes. Childhood. She goes, who thought about voiceover? All of a sudden, I'm three years old. I'm watching Little Mermaid again. And I'm like, how the hell did I never think about this? Like, my entire existence is wrapped up in these musical Disney movies, in these animated shows, and Batman the Animated Series, and Gargoyles, and Pepper Ann, and like all of this stuff and it's like I've been doing these weird voices and things my entire <laughs> life just a part of all of this and and so it kind of was just like that light bulb and it was it was that moment of this is what I want to do like how have I not gotten there yet and all of a sudden I felt less sad about musical theater kind of being something that I wasn't going to ever look at again but something that I was maybe going to put on hold for a little while and it was like rediscovering why I loved acting um mm. It was so, so exciting, Jaime. It was just like, you know, she said it and I hadn't even taken a class or done anything. And I, and I felt right. You know, it was, yeah. it was wild. It just, yeah, my bones, you know, um, right. sorry, all these things, but it's, but it's true. You know, it just, it made sense. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, what I, I kind of realized about that and it, it does make sense because I saw that when, when you were starting to share some of this voice acting stuff, uh, on social media, I saw that and I was like, that makes perfect sense. That fits not in a, you know, in a, um, stereotypical way to say, Oh, Becca's a cartoon, you know, or anything like that. But you, you have the kind of, 
character development that works in musical theater. And that translates so well to the the boldness, the grandioseness of being a character. Am I right? Or, or how does that work when developing stuff? Um, you know, honestly, I, I couldn't have asked for a better education going into this. Um, I, what I really love is I haven't lost musical theater. I will still get these awesome auditions where I get to sing original composer's music for the first time, you know, because it's part of the audition. So I'll get sheet music and two hours later, I turn it and I've got the accompaniment and everything. And, you know, it's, it's just delightful. It's it, so much of the musicality, you know, they talk about if you're a musical person, so much of that lends itself to kind of the ebb and the flow of, of reading text and of bringing these characters to life. And so they really go hand in hand and make it so much fun. You know, there's, there's characters I'll do that'll have more of kind of like a musical, like a little sort of like fun mm. thing to them. And, um, you know, I have like a wacky science teacher character that I've used for some stuff. And I, I, I've named her like my, you know, like Miss Frazzle. She's like Miss Frizzle's like, you know, step <laughs> wacky and sing things and was just like, oh, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> physical theater, you know what I mean? It's just a yeah. wacky, you know, character from a show. And it's, but it, it still feels grounded and real. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm putting that on. To, to do something wacky with it, you know, even if you're playing, you know, uh, a slice of pineapple who's a surfer, you know, who wants to be an attorney, that still has to be grounded and has to come from yeah. somewhere. So, yeah. you know, they really do go hand in hand. Um, and so it was really a blessing that I stuck with it for so long because I think so much of that musical theater upbringing and all of it really translates well into voiceover. Yeah. And just as a general note here, I, I wanted to point out about your acting, which which I I realize I gravitate to musical people. I, I love people who have that kind of innate sense of, of musicality. And when I when I first met you and I started casting you and stuff and when eventually I started writing stuff for you, that was the main observation for me is that I like things that don't make sense on the surface, but that there is a built in logic to to what we're trying to say. Right. It, and and people kind of have to dig in a little bit deeper and the my my deep love for musical theater actors is that they're the ones who can really take that source material like you have many many times in my work and and given it an emotional through line where people can believe the absurd the bigness the the weird stuff right that doesn't naturally make sense so i just wanted to to let you know i Absolutely love that about your acting, and I think it's it's wonderful. But uh, in terms of uh, what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you something about your normal day. What does that actually look like for you in terms of preparation for auditions or or sort of getting in the zone for for the kind of work that you have to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, one thing that's really great about voiceover is I am now more hydrated than I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> be a very long morning um you'll feel it in your throat you'll hear it in your takes it's brutal you do podcasts so i know you understand oh yeah that. yeah um, you know and i still have my my day job uh yep there you go i got my well i got my cinders and i got my, my regular water you're balancing on my regular water. um <laughs> but I, you know um you know i i use this at marco polo with some of my friends um i don't know if you're familiar with it but it's kind of like leaving visual voicemail uh so a lot of times um if i'm making coffee or i'm getting the bird's cage ready for the morning um you know, I'm talking to them and that's kind of a nice way to warm up and, mm. and kind of start my day. You know, a lot of copy that you get from uh, an audition or an agent, you know, it'll say natural read, not announcer read. Um, you know, and, and when you have to sit there and think, okay, my natural voice, 
like you're like, you're buried in uh, in like this mountain of characters, and you're like, who am I, right? right. Or even just come, you know, thank you for calling, and you're just like, wait, that's that's not normal shit. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I think it's I, I kind of like to start my day that way because I, you know, I'll I'll try to be mindful of like, oh, okay. This is how I respond. It's like sometimes I'll go back and I'll listen to myself talk. I know it's like really narcissistic, but like it helps me hear. Oh, okay, my my natural voice is very da 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 da, and so sometimes I have to like rein that in because that's not natural for most most people. So if you're doing, you know, a, a Walmart spot or a Walgreens or whatever, uh, you know, and they want you to talk about the product, you know, most people aren't going da 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 da. Like <laughs> so you really. Like, okay, I talk like a normal person, maybe not a normal Becca, but a normal human. So that's yeah. great when my other friends on the other side of Marco Polo come in, I'll listen to them talk. And sometimes I'm hearing how they say things and their cadence. And it's like, Ooh, yeah, that sounds mm. natural. Like yeah. That. So I, I was going to ask you, do you, do you ever use, um, p- real people as references or, or how much of that plays into your preparation? Um, you know, for, especially for animation, um, I have a lot of very just animated, very fun, uh, boisterous friends. And so sometimes I will see a character and instantly that friend pops into my head and boom, there it is. So even if it's not a dead on impression, I think one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given, um, and I'm sure you've heard this too, uh, you know, crappy impressions are just great new characters. So, you know, impersonation of them or, or, or even just an idea of, of a little bit of how they sound, it might come out completely wrong. But now all of a sudden you're like, ooh, this is a good accident. Okay. Mm. This, this might actually be something I'm doing later. Or, ooh, okay. This isn't the original thought I had for this character, but let's try it this way. Um, so you're so keeping yeah, track of those things too, like maybe recordings on your phone, stuff like that, you know, like the Marco Polo thing? I should be better. Um, <laughs> I have... I, I will admit I'm not the most organized and I, I need to get on my uh, my game. <laughs> but there are characters or things. Um, and that's what's so beautiful. Um, I take classes um, in L.A. at a studio that I absolutely adore. Who um, Guy I met at work, really, really nice guy because I work retail. Uh, he also is a voice actor, very talented fella. And, um, you know, kismet, whatever, what have you. He, he goes, hey, have you heard about, you know, voiceover connection? Try that studio. And I went, oh, great. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been looking for classes and that was the beginning of just this magical new chapter and the classes I took there are just so invaluable. And, and one of the cool things that they have you do is you'll get, um, you'll do like finals for the class. You'll do like six weeks. You'll oh, learn okay. like, work with other people. It's really fun. And at the end of it, a lot of times they'll, um, depending on the class and what the emphasis is, they'll give you um, a script, one script, and you have to do like six different characters in that script. Nice. And so it's great because I might not be the most organized, but as long as I save that audio file at the end of class, I now have six different characters. So if I'm stuck or I need some inspiration, I can go back and I can listen to that. You know, mm. um, sometimes I'll go back and listen to an audition. And I'll think, okay, this is the same studio that did this. And this is the casting director that gave me this info. Like, and that's again, where you need to be organized. Cause mm-hmm. if you're, you want, you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing for the right people because you know what they want to hear. So if they've told you that already, that's kind of your, your hint, like, okay, if they really like these real reads, if they, if they don't want you to improv a lot with the script, that's a big no, no. Cause the second they start hearing stuff that's not there, they're probably going to turn it off. And even mm-hmm. if you sound great, they're not following the instructions. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so much of it is, is just, you know, listening to things you've done in the past and, um, you know, things that I've booked. I'm like, okay, why did I book that? And 
I'll listen back for stuff or, you know, friends that I know that are successful, I'll listen to the stuff they do. And I'm like, okay, what is it that they're doing? Like, how can I, you know, not mimic them, but, but see what they're doing, whether it's like a level of confidence or just, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever it is they're doing with that script. Okay. All right. Well, I like that. So maybe I'm going to take a little bit of what they do, mix it in with what I do and see if that works. Um, Mm. That's that's your long-winded answer of my warm-up. I love your long-winded answers. That's what makes podcasting great. I love these (laughs) these great complex answers that you're giving me. Uh, So alongside, (laughs) you're fine. You're fine. Alongside your your friends and kind of seeing what they're doing. Who are some people in the industry that you really admire for how they do things? And and you mentioned Dee Bradley Baker, who I know is is like a force of nature. Uh, and having watched uh, a recent documentary about voice work, I cannot remember the name of it, but it was it was the big one that they put out a couple of years back, and it had all of the big guys. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to send it to you, uh, maybe a trailer if I can find it. Um, but I'm sure you you know of it. Um, but they they. You know, they they kind of started out like the family tree of voice acting, and you have Mel Blanc kind of like at the at the center of it, and everyone's just kind of like piling on from that that lineage of performance. Uh, and sorry, this is kind of a tangent, but I, I watched a video of him doing Porky Pig on YouTube, and it's that is one of the most complex things I've ever seen anyone do in performance. It's beautiful and so specific, but. I don't know, in, insanely complex stuff and uh, definitely a legend. But sorry, that that's a total digression. What? Tell me, tell me about the people who inspire you. Working well, now. in that in that same, um, it, yeah, the documentaries. Um, I know that voice and I, I adore that. I eventually I just need to buy it because it's just great yeah. to, to watch it. Oh, it really <laughs> is. You learn something. Um. Oh God. Okay, I'll try to make it short and sweet. This is a joke. Porky Pig. Blank. Eric Bauza is the first um, Asian actor to portray Bugs Bunny. Um, he also does Marvin the Martian. He does Porky Pig. If you're not familiar with Eric Bauza, he is just this delightful Canadian man who is just so insanely talented. Started out as a um, as an artist, like was an animator. Um, so you want to hate him too because he can do everything. <laughs> um, but he's the nicest guy, and he still, and he breaks all. He does impression of all the different bug bunnies it's mm. not wow it's wild it's amazing well um, he did uh woody the woodpecker too i know him from that because uh my son has been watching that for probably about three years now so yeah i i know the name now <laughs> fun to watch um female voice actor too uh Chris summers is phenomenal and she's literally so many of the kids from our childhood um pam adlon mm. um she was bobby, bobby right uh and she was also Spinelli in Recess. Um, she's in a show called Better Things, which is about like a family um, where the mom is a voice actor. So it's, it's fun watching that show. <laughs> uh, like Rob Paulson, who God bless him. He did this amazing podcast where I just free information where he interviewed everyone under the sun. And it was just, I, you know, this is, you know, 2015 when I started taking these classes and really diving into voiceover for the first time. I, that was going hand in hand with all these classes I was taking. And it was amazing to hear all of these talented people who I've grown up listening to Kevin Conroy. I mean, right. Like Batman for God's sake, like, you know, like these people talk about what they do and how they do it. And, you know, just sharing this information freely was just blowing my mind. You know, voice actors are some of the most giving and generous people. Um, 
actors are not always notorious for that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to make a comment on that because the clear distinction is when you're doing auditions for um, a straight play, a musical play, there is a degree of intense uh, survival of the fittest you know, apex predators are the ones who always get the call and then there's everyone else. And it seems like the voice acting community is the extreme opposite of that. And I, I just, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, or if you could give me a little bit more on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, just a, a great example, like one of the last auditions I remember doing in New York for musical theater, uh, you know, it's 5am and you're holding cell, sorry, holding room. And, uh, you've got these <laughs> women that uh, 12 and a half, but are like 35 singing wicked. And you're like, bro, I'm not a casting director. Like, why are you doing this right now? Like no, no one here is secretly like an <laughs> undercover. <laughs> My talent. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> behold, everyone witness me. <laughs> everyone come to- <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's like, just a lot of like intense, uh, personality is very clawing and, you know, if somebody called your name I and you were in the bathroom, I don't know if anyone would have said, oh, she's in the bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. There's someone- <laughs> she didn't show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I heard she got back smoking. You don't want her in that. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a little bit more cutthroat. And then, you know, I, I remember being passed up for roles because people wanted them so badly that they we're talking to the director behind my back. You know what I mean? Just like things that happen. Yeah. Like it was, it was just a lot of cut. And I think it's, they breed an environment where that continues. And I don't think it's discouraged. And I think with voiceover, um, there's been a lot of time to boost with, uh, with very few people. And I think you want to work with somebody who's nice, but also good at what they do and good at taking directions. You don't want, um, a diva. You don't want, you want somebody who can put their money where their mouth is. And at the end of the day, go see ya. And then, you know, have no problem getting a slurpee and hanging out at home and, and watching mm. cartoons. You know what I mean? Like on somebody who's, you know, going to then take like 14 selfies after, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, there's, yeah. there's less, um, it's less cutthroat and it's also less, um, narcissistic in the sense that I think it, up until recently, you really didn't know what the faces looked like behind the voices. So right. it wasn't a, fame and the glory and this always sounds so hokey but it was about the art you know and i think there is still it's neat because people are more excited about it so it's nice that people are getting a little bit more notoriety and they're recognized for their hard work but it's still just about the work um not really about you know i don't have to get cute you know i've had to do a couple of on-camera auditions recently and god there's so much work (laughs) (laughs) you're like i i'm i i can't do this anymore i can't go back i know too much no I'm in my booth without any makeup on and I get to hang out here. And as soon as we're done, I have two auditions to record and I don't have to do anything. I don't have to set up my screen. I don't have to like put something cute on. I can just hang out here. You know, I, I, maybe I can put some pajamas on after if I feel like it. And mm. I think that also lends itself to why people are happier and a little bit more open to sharing because there's so much work. And I think, I think with musicals, there's a lot less work too. So I think that mm. also breeds that environment where it's just, I don't get this job. When's the next one? Well, you know, you, that's an interesting point because I, I think that when you are presenting as an actor auditioning, there is your initial self, right, that you're presenting is almost not your real self. So you have this layer of artifice that you're piling on before you even get to the performative audition part of it. 
And and it, it just seems like the voice acting just totally scrapes that away. And you're a clean slate. Here's what I got to offer. There's the, nobody gives a shit what I look like. I'm just going to do what I need to do. It's a beautiful thing, I imagine. It is, and I think um, you know it's it, for a multitude of reasons. I think um, I it's okay if I don't look like the ingenue. Um, you know, it's okay if I am you know auditioning for a, a little boy. Like you know, it, it opens this world of possibility where on camera, on stage, on screen, I would have never been cast as this, mm. but now. I get to really play. I get to dive into all of these things that might not have been possible for me before, you know? And I think it's also exciting because I think there's a lot of people that are standing up for, you know, people of color and and for women of color that are going, Hey, there should be more opportunities and why aren't they? And Hey, maybe we should let some of these folks play roles that they understand better than you might. And so I think it's neat because they have the opportunity to do the right thing. And I think they are slowly making adjustments and changes and you're seeing more people get opportunities and chances. And it's a community that's welcoming that change. Mm. You know, you're not seeing, hang on a second. You know, it's, right. it's, it's very much, a, yeah, you're right. That, that should be different. So it will be. And, and so it's cool to see, you know, an Asian bug bunny. It's neat that more people are getting these opportunities and it's, there's room for everybody. And I think that's, what's really cool. And that's, what's, iterated in so many of the classes I take is there's so much work out there, you mm. know, just because you didn't, get that, that wasn't the job for you. Maybe it'll be the next one or the one after that, but you just have to keep going. Right. And I think that's, that's what's great about this is because you're encouraged to keep going and there is so much work. Um, it just makes for happier people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You're, you're not constantly like, uh, like fighting over each other for the one job there. There seems to be a plentiful source of that. Um, yeah. So in terms of uh, recent jobs or, or stuff that you've done before, what have been your favorite voice acting jobs that you've done or something that you really enjoy doing of the multitude of things that you've done already in voice work? Um, I haven't done a lot of this, um, but I was able to do some dubbing for an anime and um, that's hard. But boy, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a really cool gig and a new, again, there's so many facets to voiceover so you know you might you know everybody wants to do cartoons that's everybody gets sure. into this because they want to be the next disney movie you know what i mean but um i think the misconception is that that as soon as you get a mic you're in you know you're getting it and it's, it's not quite that way you you start with commercials that's usually kind of the gateway um you know a lot of times before you do a musical you'll probably do some plays you'll probably get your feet wet get on stage like learn how to memorize lines and then you'll probably do musicals or maybe you'll do them at the same time but but with this a lot of it is you know let's just learn how to use a mic and we're going to do something simple or we're going to do commercial work. Um, so I was very fortunate that within the first like two years of doing this, I got to do some dubbing. And again, you know, you know this as well as I do. It's so much of this is just be a nice person, make, make friends because a lot <laughs> don't of be a jerk. That, don't be a jerk. <laughs> it's not that hard. Don't be a jerk. Um, but most of the work I get is so much of it is, is, friends and I work well together or I, I know a really nice sound engineer who went, Hey, I got this part mm-hmm. that you'd kill it. Uh, audition or, Hey, uh, you know what? I, oh, we got to record in two hours. Could you be here? Absolutely. Um, so I feel really lucky that I've met some really nice people who have been very kind and have offered me opportunities that, um, I still pinch myself over. Um, you know, the anime stuff was amazing. Um, you know, a friend of mine um, works at a studio and said, hey, I've got this, you know, uh, this commercial for PwC. 
um, I, I want you to audition for it. I auditioned, it went well, and I've done so much work for them now. You know, so oh, much cool. of it is if they like you and you work well, you know, <laughs> nepotism is, is nice. It, it's frustrating when it's happening all around you, but <laughs> it's, it's so much of this really is being in the right place at the right time, but, but having trained for a long time yeah, to but be it, in the right place. It also strikes me as, as you being prepared to, to receive that opportunity because it, it, it seems like there is more of a meritocracy in this particular area of the industry than, than most other places, because I mean, just subscribing to the idea of being undeniable, right? Where you just have worked so hard, whether it's honing your initial talent that, you know, that the cosmos gave you or actually just pushing through and committing to the craft for so long that like, they can't deny you. You've put yourself I'm, in the right place I'm, at the right time. What's that? I'm working. I'm very stubborn and annoying. That's why I'm working. <laughs> uh, no, just, just yeah. stubborn, just stubborn. That's all. <laughs> In a good way. That's, yeah, that's what I tell Maddie too. <laughs> you know, it's, but I think, you know, and, and some of that is, you know, uh, some of the auditions, like I did a, an audition, um, the, the rule of thumb is also go on vacation and you'll book work. Um, the last <laughs> two jobs. That, the um, last ones that you got, you said? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm working on a project right now and, um, you know, I record, it's everywhere that I've worked on this project has been in a different state. Um, I, <laughs> York staying with friends because my friend's also a voice actor and insanely talented and has just this cool booth and she was very kind to let me use it while we were staying with them. Oh, cool. So, use and um, way cooler than mine. Super cool. <laughs> use that booth and then I got a call back and uh, I get this email from my agent and I'm at the airport and I'm like, oh, that's so exciting but I am getting on a plane. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm in North Carolina visiting my grandma. She's, you know, had uh, hip surgery. So mm -hmm. I'm with my family, helping her. And uh, so I have to get this audition in. And I get in at like midnight. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to get this in ASAP. Thankfully, it's uh -huh. due California time. I got a little bit of time on my side. But the next day, I'm sitting in this humid garage in her van with my mic and everything. Put <laughs> <laughs> um, in a car. I, I have many a story from the Mickey and Friends parking structure at Disneyland. Um, <laughs> Car and I do the callback and I book the job, which is really exciting. And I did the job from my studio at home back in California. Mm. Um, there's also something really magical about doing this, where you can do it from anywhere as long as you have a you know a nice sound space and right. you have a decent mic. Um, especially with COVID and everything else, uh, it's a bit more forgiving as long as you have the tools and you can make it happen. Then you're, you'll be fine. <laughs> so you you have um, felt have you felt that you've been affected by COVID or, or has it destabilized the industry your sec sector of the industry a lot in terms of voice work opportunities? That's such a good question. Um, yes, uh, so many things. Let's, I'll I'll try not to do the Becca and I'll try to break this down. No, Basically, do do the uh, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to um, it was terrifying I had to become an audio engineer you know I my agent introduced me to this really amazing guy who's a sound engineer and he helped me treat my face and he did this all from you know the safety of his home and my home um, God bless FaceTime so <laughs> we did the FaceTime set everything up and it's terrifying being an engineer you know I, I told all the engineers that I've worked with remotely you know can do you need like a down payment on a house like what can I buy you lunch like what do you need because <laughs> here because I don't know what I'm doing uh, 
hours of YouTube tutorials working with sound engineers, learning what a cloud lifter is and why do I need an XLR mic versus a USB mic? Right. And, you know, the industry all works moved remote. So now you have, you know, I went from my USB mic to now I have to have something more professional grade because, you know, it's one thing, your, your auditions, you still want them to sound clean because you're also kind of auditioning your space along with yourself. Right. Um, if you can't go to a studio. Um, but, you know, it, it was so much learning about how the technology works. And I think, you know, kind of like when you're an actor and when we went to UW, you know, I was terrified of taking the directing class. And I'm still really grateful that I took it because it's good to know how the sausage is made. You know, I mm -hmm. think you have a better patient and understanding for the people that make you sound better um, to know and have a little glimpse at what they do. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to myself a sound engineer because I literally plugged a couple of things in, I hit the button and, and I made a thing. Hey, and you're there. But, yeah. but they, I'm there. Um, but that was something that was new. I had to learn how to do that. Um, and, and it, it takes you out of it a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. you, you're trying to work performance, but you know, if you muted yourself or you're, you're worried because you, you messed something up in your audio equipment, you're like, Oh shit, ah, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, learning kind of multitask is, is good, but I think it also, again, it teaches you these skills and it makes you really appreciate what people do. Oh yeah. Um, I think that there was also kind of, um, you know, a, a good problem, but voiceover was the only thing working. Um, everything else was shut down, you know, thank God voiceover really continued to keep working um, while everything else kind of took a hiatus um, because you could stay safe. Um, and then, um, you know, the, the downside to that was everybody then thought, well, I could buy a mic and try this. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, this hidden gem, this thing that, you know, I was like so excited to get into, I think everybody else was kind of getting into it and mm -hmm. around that same time. But then COVID hit and then everybody got into it. Cause they're like, well, if I got all this downtime, let's give this a shot. So, mm -hmm. you know, it made it a lot stiffer. It made, um, it made it a lot harder to book work. Um, but you know, I think it was also a good thing because it's like, all right, well, this is, this is hard. It's never going to be easy. So if, if you're willing to stick it out and, and keep going. And if you can book work now, you know, it's, you're going to be okay. Right. And it, it kind of comes down to sort of the cream rising to the top again, that work ethic, that, that good stubbornness, right. That we, that we need to, to persist and to continue. Uh, but this reminds me of something I wanted to ask you too, in terms of the things that you have learned outside of the industry, outside of the arts that make you a good voiceover like artist how what are some things that you picked up along the way that weren't directly in the arts that you learned somewhere else at your job or in life or things that make you a better voiceover artist that you didn't pick up in a classroom more oh good one i like that um yeah um trying to think i mean even as as young as as seven i did taekwondo um mm. and love the discipline and just the respect I learned from that. And I feel like um, I've always tried to be a nice person, a good person, but I feel like, you know, whether you have religion or you have sports or martial arts or whatever, it's nice to have something that grounds you. And I met some really amazing friends doing Taekwondo. And I think it really gave me a good space. Oh, that's on awesome. A lot of things in life. And, you know, it, it was great because my dad was willing to pay for it for forever because, you know, when you're <laughs> take more of my money. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, so much of, of that really helped me to be a better person because the teachers that we have are really awesome. And there's a lot of like discipline and focus and, uh, 
you know, you had your like your tenants of type one, you know, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, indomitable spirit. We would say these things before every class. And I, you take some of those things to heart and I think it really helps ground you and, and it kind of gives you that, you know, I'm Jewish, so they're come to Moses moments, but I think it gives you that, <laughs> that moment of like, okay, let me check myself before I mm. do something that makes me feel. Um, and so that I think has really been a cool thing that I've had my whole life and something that I miss dearly. Mm. Um, you know, I, at my job, you know, we, we kind of get a little training in, um, not therapy, but just like human connection and, and seeing, you know, needs and, and things that affect people and how we can make you feel safe. And, and I think that so much of that translates to voice work in the sense that a lot of scripts you get are going to say, Hey, we're trying to sell a product and we need you to sound relatable. We need people to trust you. You know, it's, if you're a grimy person, I don't care how good an actor you are, like eventually we're going to see through that, you know? <laughs> and so I think, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, I don't know, animal, they did the animal show. I know that's, that's still acting, but like, you know, patience and, and training and time and you right, know, so right. much of, and this is just to I clarify think, the animal show at, uh, when you were working at Disney, right? Uh, Universal Studios. Universal Studios. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That is offensive. No. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. They, uh, so yeah, Universal Studios. That was kind of the um, we. I, I've been cursing this whole time. Is that is that okay? I heard I should probably. Have asked yeah, you. I I don't care. You know, y you know how I talk. I'm. It's it's fine. <laughs> I know it could probably be bad. I'm, I'm losing like 60% of the audience. I'm so sorry. Just by virtue of being me and my profanity, I, I am losing some folks. So it's not you. It's, it's me. But uh, <laughs> you, I wanted to ask you, uh, because you being a creative and you having that potential to just be in the moment and love the rush of being performing, whether it's recorded or, or live on, on a stage, there's always this come down feeling that we get when the rush is gone. And in particular, as a working creative, you know, there's a lot of us in the situation who are having this, this outstanding artistic career, but there still has to be that supplemental job or that day job that, that we need to, to keep things rolling. And I'm a firm believer that we have to embrace that. There, that's nothing to be ashamed of. We have to take those skills and apply them to our craft if we can, and vice versa, the other way too. How do you deal with that kind of come down moment where you're just like, I got to go back to work now? Is there a transition out of out of this this peak to <laughs> like the peaks and valleys? How does that work for you? Yeah, that's great. Um, it's tough. Um, you know, there was a little while where at my day job, I was being pushed to do more and I kind of fell in that, that trap and, and I, you know, was being told, oh, you should be doing this. You've been here for a while. You really want to like, you know, do something different. You know, you really want to do the same role for X amount of years. And it started to make me feel crappy. And then I started to do more at my job and focus less on, on the things that truly make me happy. And it occurred to me, I was like, wait, why do, why do I care? This is how I pay my bills as long as I do my job and I'm happy and I like the people I work with and I don't take anything there seriously unless I'm going to lose my job, <laughs> you know, my, my main focus should be keeping myself energized and refreshed so that I can be excited about the things I really care about, but not being miserable at my day job. I think, 
I'm there so that I can do the things that I love. And I think when you look at it that way as a, you know, freelance work is is not consistent. So it is hard to pay those bills, especially when you first start out. So I think I am grateful for my health insurance and that I can pay my bills while I pursue something that I absolutely love. Um, and, and that's a tricky balance because sometimes the day job really sucks a lot of that energy out of you. And it can, um, you know, but, but to your point, you know, vice versa, I think I booked a big job last year and God, I was so excited. And this was at like the, in the same month that I did the anime and I'm on cloud nine and I'm thinking, man, I haven't been doing this that long. Like, Oh, is this my break? Is this what's happening? And I, the spot went live and it was not my voice. They replaced me. Wow. And, it, and that was hard. You know, that was, you know, a bad Ratatouille, let's flashback moment. You know, it all of a sudden I was back to giving up on musical theater and thinking I'm just not good enough. And mm. it, it, it rattled me a little bit, but you know, I, I was frustrated, but I thought, but this is part of the gig. This is what happens, you know? And if I can't deal with this, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life with being rejected audition after audition? You know, this is part of it. And, you know, I now I joke with my friends that I've really made it because I've been replaced. And, you know, people like <laughs> Rob Paul. It's a mark of pride now. It, you know, at, at this point, it's okay, but I at least got there. You know what I mean? I, I got the job and I recorded and you know, they ended up using somebody um, internally for the company that helped make the product. So it was like, well, I can't even be too hurt by no, this. Now that's some nepotism right there. They were like, uh, let's let's kind of elbow <laughs> this person in here. Yeah, yeah, we got someone on the inside. You know, I think it's just to your point too, and, and I'm kind of flipping that coin, you know, I might ask you the same question, you know, what happens when you feel like the thing that brings you joy, you almost feel like it betrayed you, you know? It's, right. So I think really have to keep yourself grounded and realize that work is not everything and that you know my wife and I love building Legos because we're children <laughs> and there's so much fun realize that it's most fun thing ever and oh so that's we, like, wonderful watch do you watch Lego Masters oh heck yeah oh yeah, good good yeah my my son and I we're, we're definitely into it we're loving Lego Masters and uh, we do we do some fun stuff on the side he built a, a space shuttle recently like a little one by himself so he was very very proud about that uh, over Christmas um, so yeah you'll have to show us some of your creations uh, if, if you get a chance someday he would love that he would absolutely lose oh, his mind totally I got the roll oh actually the space. I'll show you the roller coaster it's oh still, awesome uh, up and running Yes. Really yes. Cool. That would be amazing. But, but see, that's, that's like what I, I'm talking. Like, would you say that's kind of how you take breaks, you know, like from, from the creative stuff? Like, I know you're very busy, but do you have some time to just kind of chill and say, I don't want to deal with anything right now. I don't want to do a darn thing. Um, you, you know, you're a dad and, and you, you sometimes have to take a second and be like, I need some me time. You know, I, I, I need to not be a husband or a dad right now. I just need to be me for a minute and, and recharge, you know, and it's the cliche of you got to put the mask on you before you put it on the kid. Like if you don't give yourself, you know, the double A's and, uh, yeah, and if not, you put both masks on yourself because at the end of it, you know, it just kind of ends up being a complete mess. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going on a tangent. You go ahead. <laughs> You had something good to say. And I was like, I had this really stupid thought. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, you, you have to make the time, you know, I think you are no good to your day job. Um, you are no good in your craft and in what you 
love to do if you don't take the time to refresh and renew. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people that, you know, it's, it's eat, sleep and breathe voiceover or acting or whatever. And I just, I don't prescribe to that because, you know, we, I, I had a teacher once that basically said, you know, you should be starving. You know, you should, you know, if you really want to do this, you shouldn't have a day job. You should just focus yeah. On let's, this. let's talk about this because, okay, I'm going to let you finish your thought, but we're going to go back to this because I have a lot to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> finish what you started. Uh, I know. I just, I, you are useless if you are not taking care of yourself. If, and that's mentally, physically, you know, spiritually, whatever. Uh, you know, if, if you don't take that time um, to watch Steven Universe while building some Legos and drinking a beer, you know, if if you're not, you know, binge watching, you know, some, oh, I'm trying to think of another, I don't know, like Batman the Animated Series and, and or listening to a podcast uh, or riding a bike or whatever I, you do to unwind, um, you're not really good for anybody. You're not good for your significant other. You're not good to your family, your friends, your jobs, like. You got to take that time. And I think you need to have outside hobbies because I think that's what makes you interesting. You know, mm. I, I love building Legos. I love um, social engineering. It's fascinating to me. And I think it's like it goes hand in hand with your acting degree or working retail. But, you know, the science of, of hacking humans and like, you know, how people pick and like how people get this information and, and break into things is crazy to me. And I think if you don't have those things that you like or that you at least look into, you're not going to bring as much to the table. Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I, I just, I think that's a beautiful sentiment because we have to learn to let go. We can't be, um, I mean, there's a degree of obsession that we naturally have as creatives. We just, we are drawn to it. But I think that the one thing in that my biggest gripe with certain academic settings in the arts is that we get predicated this idea, this gospel of you have to be starving. You have to suffer for your art. I don't know how much things have changed in the last 10 years since we were around in, in those settings, but it strikes me as something that is so destructive that you feel like you're naturally an outcast of a community when you're taking on this great suffering and you're just carrying it with you at all times. And your, your financial situation is always just like a disaster because you're committed to your art so much. I, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to have you do like a rebuttal to this or maybe agree with me, but my doctrine would be to pair an acting degree, a theater degree, any fine arts degree with a marketing degree, a business degree, or an education degree. One of those three, so that at least you have one footing in the world that you will be practicing your art in because the the conservatory like thinking is is in my opinion like you're taking these creative people you're throwing them in this island of art that is pretty much like a utopian thing that that i mean in the real world are we going to replicate that that situation i don't think so so no i'll i'll let you i'll let you I take would. it from here but I, that, I just wanted to get that off my chest i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. I, it's, it's funny. It's, I like that you phrase it that way because I, I, I was just thinking more of like teachers saying, you know, oh, you have to start for this and not even in like a, a broader, like, you know, this is all you're focusing on. But when I was, you know, deep in musical theater, that's all I wanted. I wanted to go to a conservatory. I wanted to go somewhere where it was eat, breathe, sleep, musical theater. Me and, too. Yeah. You know, my, and, and, and that didn't pan out, but 
you know, I ended up getting, you know, an undergrad, you know, a, a BFA. And I, I think that was probably for the best. Um, you know, my parents really wanted me to have like a minor in business or two right. double major in business or have something that would protect me. And I know it came from a place of, you know, we want you to be okay. And I think, you know, uh, Joe and Rach, you know, were so smart and they were doing, you know, marketing and, and, and that field of things. And I think that's yeah. a really smart because now, you know, you talked to me at, uh, about, you know, how great I am at social media with my seven followers. Um, you know, I think that marketing is a, is a, is a huge thing. I think if, yeah. if you know how to brand yourself, I think if you know how to kind of package yourself up as this product that you're trying to sell and tell people, you need me, you need, you know, yeah. you need a bottle of me. Like, right. This is what's going to make your, your life better. Um, yeah. I think that's a really great I think some of it's going to be innate. I think some of it's going to be believing in yourself and, and uh, not being afraid to say, I'm good at this, you know, and doing it in a way that you don't feel weird. Because I still post things and I sit there and, and my wife will look at me and she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't, I hate, what I'm <laughs> I hate what I'm doing. You know, like I didn't do it right. <laughs> Is but that it? Look at me like I'm a crazy actor so you signed up for this. I'm like I know okay <laughs> but that's great because you have a partner who kind of keeps you in check right where, where you're like am I going too far with this or not enough you know it's I think that's a very healthy very thing I'll really keep you in check <laughs> yeah yeah that's true I agree but we need that because yeah, yeah. I think you need to have um, some balance and I think uh, god I'm betraying uh, high school me, high school me would be like, how dare you? Oh yeah. But, yeah. Um, and that's, I was just going to really say that like, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was going to say, I feel like, I feel like an old person. I feel like a dad saying this. It's like, get a business degree or do, do this or that. And I'm like, this is just for practical application, not to be, not to be a dick or demean the purpose or the mission, because I do believe in the calling, but like, we're working in a world that is against us, you know, and we kind of have to find a way to maneuver that so that we can be better equipped to deal with what's out there. I would say, um, you know, if you are going to get a minor or you are going to study things, um, find things that go hand in hand with what you love doing. Right. You know, marketing, advertising, business, all of that. You know, the thing that they don't tell you is, yeah, you're going to have to audition like crazy, but they never tell you like, how to get an agent, how you're going to audition, where you're mm -hmm. going to go, what you're going to do. So like, here's the skills you need to apply when you get the job, but how do you get the job? I don't know. Good luck. God bless. <laughs> and then you're gone. Right. The business acumen and, and, and that side of things really helps. Okay. I have the product. How do I sell the product? Yeah. And I think so much of really like, again, social media is a free, I mean, I, I'm no influencer. That's not what I want. I use social media to, I, I've gotten callbacks on social media because of awesome. it. But I go, Hey, this is what I do. You know, Oh, there's a commercial challenge. Cool. Let me showcase you. Cause a lot of the commercial work that I do or, or things that would be considered in that realm are a lot of like medical explainers and internal stuff. So I do a lot of work for um, like WebMD. You'll never hear it because it's essentially for pitches to doctors or, you know, for wow. staff or industrial so I, I do this work all the time and no one's ever going to hear it. And, you know, I'm pronouncing words that have like 16 letters in them. And I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. Uh, um, but, you know, it's, it, you, you need to know how to market yourself. Because if, let's say, the job you are doing or you are signing all these NDAs, 
they might never see the light of day. You might book the job and it might not even happen. So how do I show with you, oh, I do this. And they're like, great, show me something you've done. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, you make the work. Um, you know, I, with my dad being in real estate and being in sales uh, and both my parents having their own business, I think I was lucky enough to get that education at home. Mm. Um, Good point. As I didn't pursue it in school, I kind of had it always there. Um they taught like, you that you, know, you needed last, that kind of internal drive to just continue, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. 100%, you know, and I, my folks, um, my dad was taking me to law school and like a little baby rocker while my mom <laughs> was working flying all over the place because she was doing a lot of stuff on the, um, the just like the, the business side of like nursing. She was doing a lot of like the paperwork and things and I'm, the word itself is escaping me. But anyway, mm. Um, you know, I, I saw firsthand how hard my parents were to start their own business and do what they needed to do. And, um, you know, I, I am really proud of how hard I work because I, if you, if you really love something, you want to do something, it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to, you know, you are going to take your mic with you on vacation to Hawaii. Um, this, sorry, is my, oh, it's okay. There you go. I'm back. <laughs> um, so because that's, that's part of it. And, and it's, it's tough sometimes because I, I do need to take a break and, and I've gotten better at telling my agent, Hey, I'm on vacation, so this is going to be time for me, and I, I need to step away to be healthy. Um, but again, sorry, going back to what I was saying before, um, mm-hmm. you know, if I can't share the things that I'm doing, then what is it that I can put out there for you to see? Pandemic right. um, started here, and you're a rock star. You were part of this, but I got friends together and thought, who's a writer? Who's a voice actor? Who's not either, but wants to try one or the other? And we did a really fun challenge, and oh, yeah. and that to me, now great. Anybody who wants to get into this or you know, if somebody says, oh, do you have any, you know, clips of you, any voice acting that you can share? It's like your agent or your teacher or or whoever wants to hear something. Now you've got like a little sample. You know, right. if, if you can just put a little thing together that sounds nice or decent, you know, cool. There's there's a little sample of my work. Um, you know, it's not a job that I booked, but here's here's something that I worked on. So now I can share with you. Um, this is something I can do. Mm-hmm. So if there is a conversation challenge or an animated character that your friend is working on that you want to bring to life because they're in a, a drawing class, you know, make friends with your writer friends, make friends with the animators, like expand your palette um, and work with people that aren't just actors because they need actors and you need writers or animators. And so, so much of what I've gotten to throw on social media is just pairing friends who might not have ever met before together to see kind of what we can create. And it's fun. And, you know, now you can see, Ooh, that guy does a really good surfer voice. You know, maybe you can use that for something. I don't know, but it's at least you're, you're, you're working on it. You're honing it and you're having fun while doing it. Absolutely. I have one more thing. Cause I want to be, uh, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time because you're, you're awesome. And I know that you're super busy, but, uh, two things. Okay. So number one, when we did that challenge, uh, my son still talks about that because we used him in like two lines. He's like, mom, do the, do the mouse voice. And he's like, dad, do the voice. It's, it's, he's just like absolutely in love with that. So thank you for igniting his imagination in that, in that regard. But lastly, I wanted to, to kind of open things up a little bit because I feel that, you know, you, you've lived in Colorado, you, you know, the Rockies, you know, that we have communities that don't really have a lot of arts. You know, we, it's kind of a struggle to kind of get something started in, in these areas. Um, I'm going to ask you two things. Why do we need the arts now more than ever stories, creativity, whether it's, it's 
as a as an industry, as a creative industry, or for for well being? Why do we need this mm-hmm. now more than ever? And what has it given you in life? I don't have- Sorry, I'm throwing a lot um, at you. <laughs> no, great. Um, I just I, I want to try and sound slightly more articulate and less rambly than I have in all my other questions. Um, <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I think that there, it's a really nice way not to feel alone. Um, I think art opens doors and it shares things with people to make them feel seen and heard that might not have otherwise. Um, Whether that is a graphic novel, uh, a podcast, an animated show, um, you know, a Disney movie. I think that art is, this was a very lonely and isolating year. And I think it was also scary. And I think, um, you know, people are just saying a lot of things that are really hurtful and... uh, ignorant at times and I think it is really easy to just feel hopeless and I think art is such a beautiful way to give people that hope and that um, that gateway to a different world uh, just out of, of kind of the feelings that you have um, and I think it's just it's, it's needed in so many different ways. And I think um, what's really cool is there's so many ways to express that, whether it's going to a museum and seeing art, whether it's going to, a, well, hopefully eventually a movie theater. Um, you know, it's, there's so many ways to express it, to see it, to hear it, to feel it. Um, you know, I think it's always been needed, but now it's needed because it reminds you that there is human connection and there's good out there. Um, because sometimes it's hard to find that kind of in all the mess. I love that so much. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that all made sense. I tried really hard to hone that in. No, it, uh, it does. It, it absolutely does. But uh, personally, what have the arts done for you in life? Every, everything. Um, I, it's who I am. Um, you know, I went to school with you and I made some of these phenomenal friends. And uh, I went to that school because of the theater program, because of the scholarship. I moved to New York because I wanted to do musical theater and I met my wife and some of the best people in the world that I'm still friends with that are family now. Um, you know, I moved to California, back to California where I'm, you know, close to where I'm from. Um, because of voiceover, I think that the arts have literally been my guiding star and have taken me where I've needed to go. Um, the friends and the people that I've met have been mostly due to the pursuit of that. You know, I've, I've done, you know, Fiddler on the Roof in second grade. I got to go to the Tonys as a seat filler. I've done podcasts. I've gotten to do an anime. Like, they mean everything to me. You know, it's, I just, I got, I was so excited telling my friends I was going to be on your podcast. Like, so exciting to be on a show. And like, they know how much I respect your work and love your work. Like, so much of what I do is kind of dictated by the art in my life and the things that I love. And it's kind of fun because I feel like every day it's kind of like, a, Oh, well, what art is, what, what art am I going to do today? Or, or how, how is my day going to be affected by what audition I have or job I booked or thing a friend has done that I'm going to get to go and see or cheer on. Um, and I, I really love that there. I don't think anybody really goes through 
a day without some sort of art, whether it's music, a podcast, a show, a movie. Um, you know, I think it, 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 it's everything. Lovely. I think that, that I couldn't have said that better. So thank you so much, my friend, um, for everything. What's that? And I just wanted to say, um, you know, over the years, I'm, I'm just incredibly grateful for you and all of the good that you have brought into my life as a creative force. Uh, you're incredibly inspiring and thanks for putting up with all these projects that we got to, we got to make over the years. Um, and thanks for being you and sharing that creative light with everyone. I'm very grateful to know you. Thank you. Like, right back at you. Uh, I love that you say putting up with, uh, you're the only reason why I would sometimes work. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm, I'm great up with me. Cause otherwise I'd be like, ah, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for having Oh goodness! Well, you know, I, I do, I do like uh, my collaborations. So, um, you know, I think we we must be doing something right. You know that uh, that things keep happening because I just admire that energy. I, I admire that that drive that you have, that force. So, uh, thanks, my friend. Uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, I hope that next time we can talk about three things. Uh, Lego Masters and Legos in general, um, maybe uh, reminiscing. And uh, there was a third thing, but I can't remember it because I'm I'm old now. Um, but <laughs> we we just oh uh, the social engineering part of it, you know, like uh, I I think that there's just a lot to unpack. But uh, you know, I I'd be happy to talk to you again about all this stuff. I would love to come back. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, friend. And uh, yeah, when are we going to uh, collaborate on something again? I think uh, my so. Time Okay, I, I'm just gonna keep recording. But uh, my friend Dane and I, we worked on a mini musical that uh, he's a couple of songs away from getting this done. I wanted it to be done last year, and I wanted to send it to you to say, hey, maybe Becca would be willing to do this. Um, it's it's batshit crazy. I mean, it's 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 a little thing. It's a little thing, but it's so meaningful, and I think it could be very powerful with you. Uh, so something to think about. I, I'm just in the back of my mind. I'm like, I need to work with Becca again before like she gets like out of the ballpark of like working on these dinky, no budget projects. And then she'll be like, uh, no, you got to go through my people. And then that's that's never going to work out. Never going to happen. Always <laughs> here to work with you, friend. Well, uh, I'll leave you be. But thank you so much, Becca, for hanging out.